So, Rosemary, we spoke on the phone, um, it was actually a few weeks ago now at this stage, um, to chat about what we were going to chat about. And I have to say, hand on heart, you absolutely blew me away because when I sort of roughly, Amanda roughly taught me what you did, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And was like, straightforward. No, tell us what Centered Soul is in all its glory. Oh, um, this is always a hard question <laughs> because it's lots of different things. Um, at the moment, it's uh, it's like a loft space in Newry uh, and it has a coffee house, a yoga studio, a event space, um, a shop area, uh, therapy rooms, um, and we have counselling therapy and complementary therapy. Um, but yeah, it's a real gathering space. It used to be specifically for women around perinatal mental health, so that's antenatal, postnatal mental health and birth trauma, as well as pregnancy and infant loss. But it's really grown to now include, I suppose, the whole span of woman, really. And we get the old man thrown in there too since we opened the coffee house. <laughs> we have loads of men actually come in. Um, so it's really changed from when it started five years ago, well, nearly five years ago. So how how did it start? Um, long, very long story short, I was a social worker. I've been trained for coming up to... 14 years now, um, keep the oil registration going just in case, you know, um, and very quickly into social work, I knew I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. I was typing behind a, a computer a lot and it was more about numbers than it was about people. Um, and I suppose back then I was probably a wee bit woo-woo. I loved uh, things like, um, well, yoga is not woo-woo now, but 14 years ago it wasn't so mainstream. Um, and I liked alternative therapies and I always thought there was a way to maybe help people alternatively as well as conventionally but you couldn't marry the two in social work so I started retraining um and then I had my son like five years ago and at the time I was a reflexologist um I practiced recce all of those different I suppose um just different modalities about self-healing and the body practiced a lot of yoga that type of thing taught kids yoga parents and babies yoga that type of thing um and then I had my son and I suffered antenatal and postnatal mental health issues and I had quite a traumatic birth here in the Royal in Belfast. And really, it was around that time I had a choice whether or not to go down the rabbit hole or make something positive about it. So at around four months postnatal, I started a group full of other mothers in the community who were going through a rough ride as well. And we all met once, and that was once a month, and it's been going ever since. So that was June 2017. So how did you find them? I put a call out on Facebook saying um, that I was sort of fed up with the yummy mummy groups that you had to go to and you either had to breastfeed or um, hug trees. That's the way I actually put it. Um, Because I had gone to those groups really wanting to be part of them. But at the time I had a very unsuccessful journey. Um, I told, you know, that's the way it would have been described around breastfeeding. And it made me very negative towards... um, that type of group then because I felt really ostracized so it wasn't comfortable for me and then I went to like a baby massage group and it was awful because my son was hospitalized a lot because of silent reflux and feeding issues and all he did was cry from morning to night and it's linked with uh, postnatal depression which then I had but I had no knowledge in all of this so sitting beside mummies who were talking about this glow after having a child was completely alien to me and it also felt unrealistic. Nobody was having a realistic conversation about what it was like to become a parent because going from being in a relationship with somebody where you could jump on the bus on Loopland, drive off the Castlereagh Road and go down to the pub, the next thing, 
two days later you have like a baby 12 bags to take out 12,000 nappies and you have to arrange to get out ahead of time by five hours it wasn't always pleasant and you were at home my husband went back to work two weeks later and I had postnatal depression it was very lonely so it wasn't a pleasant experience for me so when I went to those groups I felt really isolated so I wanted to create a group where other people could talk about the way being a parent or a carer was also not always pleasant so a bit of a mix and so when I put the call out out there I I sort of felt that there might have been a bit of backlash but actually got a load of interest and all these mummies started showing up and the most of them had had a traumatic birth or had some type of difficulty around adjusting to becoming a mummy and we also had some parents who had post-adoptive depression as well so they'd gone down the adoption route and there is a condition in uh, post-adoptive depression so they joined the group as well and um, yeah we never even called it a group we always called it a meetup or a gathering because when you say group it always sounds like support group or you know and it was never really like that um, some mornings we had books fizz <laughs> You know, and some mornings you met in a play group because that, that was just handy because the kids could all be laying in the mats and you could have the crack. But it was really just about being down to earth and talking about realities and nobody being under pressure. So it worked out that it was a really mixed group. So you would have people who were sling wearing, people who were buggy pushing, people who breastfed, people who bottle fed. But the difference was there was absolutely no judgment. And that was the key. And that's how it kicked off once a month. And then... It rolled into me meeting with the social enterprise agency in Newry and taking it from there. So why why did you want to do it as a social enterprise? Um, it's a bit cheesy. Like I, I suppose in my social work background, my mum and daddy fostered for years. We were always the foster families for as much as I can remember back. Um, and it was, I think it was just always in my makeup that I wanted to do that kind of work anyway. But then when the mental health problems and the birth trauma happened to me, I was a well-paid social worker and a good job. Uh, I'd gone up a wee bit in the rank as well. And all of a sudden, um, I couldn't go back to work. I took an epileptic seizure after I had Rory. Um, so I have epilepsy. I've had it since I was two, but it's triggered by lack of sleep, which is sort of hilarious after you've had a baby and then you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So I had a seizure and I lost my driving license. And then couldn't go back to work because it's a prerequisite for your social work job. So I went down to having, like, a nor- from having a normal wage and to then having very little money in the bank to the point that my parents and Phil and my husband's parents, they were helping us out for the guts of a year and a half. We couldn't afford lots of things right down to some days we were picking between putting diesel in the car and actually putting milk in the fridge. But from the outside, we had a lovely house, two cars, a dog and this beautiful family. And uh, life was really tough. So I couldn't afford a lot of stuff. And that's why the social enterprise um, came in, because I also fell out of areas like so in Newry, there's all these different postcode lotteries that you fall into certain services if you live here and then you're out of it if you live here. And I happened to be like literally on the line of South Armagh and County Down or Armagh and County Down. So I fell out of the area for services. But I was very lucky that I got free counselling through my GP. And I was like, it's not good enough that families, women, men, whatever, because men suffer birth trauma and perinatal mental health as well. And loads of people don't know that. And I just didn't think it was good enough that people fell out of a particular postcode area or didn't have enough money and therefore didn't qualify for a service. So I looked at the charitable route, but it was when you go down the charitable route, then you're 100% fund independent. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted to be able to create money and use that money to pay it forward, but also apply for some amounts of funding when they're available. So 
I went in the Wynn Business Park in Newry and Stephen McClelland was the guy I met and he's a social enterprise mentor there. And now nearly five years later, he's still supporting me. And we chose, he went through all the ways and what fors. And to be honest, with you, he grilled me and stripped it right back to where you actually want to do this because you're not in social enterprise for money and it takes a long time to start generating enough profits so that you can support other people. And I think that can be missed at the beginning. So he definitely grilled me. Um, no, but that was June, July 2017, where he was only a lack of old, And then we established as a social enterprise in November 2017. And so what was the first offering that you had at that stage then? So I was already trained in complementary therapies on the baby massage and baby yoga, but I thought they were a bit fluffy. So I started taking classes um, and seeing what people could afford and when Business Park gave me the space for free. And some people came and made a contribution and some people came and got them for free. So it was on a wing and a prayer. And it was basically having women in for an hour and sometimes men as well. Um, but the majority of our women, they came in and we basically had caffeine, which is usually the case for the first 30 minutes of the class. And then the next 30 minutes is a very informal class, which is, yes, structured around baby massage. But actually, my classes are probably more about the parents and the caregivers than they are about the babies because a lot of women and men come to my classes because they're not getting that connection in other groups, maybe in the community where they can't be as raw about what life with a young family is. So that's how it started. And then I got a £1,500 grant from Newry Council to do a few projects over like a six-week period. Um, so that was January 2018. And then a bigger grant of 10000 from uh, the big lottery came close to the summertime. So that's how it began. And then I opened like a space that would probably be the size of a bedroom um, in July 2018. And during the day, it was a shop. And at night time, I flipped it and removed all the stock and made it in a really tiny studio where I could take four people. And I stayed there for another year and moved into then a really affordable housing executive rental property for nearly two and a half years. And we just really scraped through there because we didn't get an awful lot of funding. And then we were very lucky June of last year to be successful with the National Lottery where we were granted £287,000. What? Yeah, so, and it was really unusual because to my knowledge, there's not a lot of social enterprises get the National Lottery because it's it's usually charitable organisations and you have to really evidence how you as a social enterprise are doing charitable um, good as well as making your own profit you know so that you're not funding dependent and it was um it was also really unusual for us to get that amount for a capital um project so for us to actually grow into a new building and refurb a really really old building in Uri that's been sat in idle for years so it was all about growth into the new building uh, construction and then growing the team rather than it being project based which is really unusual for national lottery so yeah, I was chuffed about that. So there's been big changes in the last six months. There's been big changes in five years. That's a yeah. long way to come in five years. I, people do say that, but I suppose it's, I don't really tell, I don't ever look back and sort of think that. It just come one after the other, you know, and it's, it doesn't feel like five years. <laughs> it doesn't feel like, but yeah, maybe it is. I don't know, but I've never run a social enterprise before, so I don't know what the time might I think even in, in terms of any progress in any project, that's that's a lot to go from where, where you were in a position, as you said a minute ago, I had a choice whether to go down the rabbit hole or make something of this. You, you, you had a moment of choice where you were like, 
either sink or swim here. Well, yeah, like I think I was getting 88 pound a week from statutory sick pay that went into then governmental pay. And I remember thinking, right, I either go back to this job, which is secure and I have a stable wage, or I keep going on the red line, which I've been on for a while, and just see if we sink or swim and we've swam, you know. But even even just sort of in terms of you as a person, not even sort of thinking about um, your career or or the path you took, but at that point of where your mental health was at its lowest, where yeah. you were just like, I feel awful. You, yeah. you could have wallowed in that and lay down under it, but you didn't. Yeah, it was quite lucky at the time, I suppose. I'm a bit gung-ho and when there's something's not feeling quite right, I'm usually proactive about it. I'll wallow for a wee while and then I'll get up and go. But at that time, I also seen another influencer. Um, I don't even think the term influencer is around, but it's Lindsay Robinson who who would be known as Have You Seen That Girl? Um, so she was a mother in Belfast that was going through, had gone through similar. And her, I think her journey started 2015 around postnatal depression. And she had started sharing her journey and I'd seen it on Facebook and she'd started to go around Northern Ireland doing different events. And I was sitting in the hairdressers one day just reading her stuff and thinking, my God, she's made out something out of something really negative. And I contacted her and I said, would you be up for taking one of your, like, I suppose it was like a roadshow where she went around and she shared her message and she talked about her experience. And I didn't know if I expected her to even come back to me at the time, but she did. And we had a, a night where we raised awareness of birth trauma and perinatal. And I was seven months postnatal at that point, or eight maybe. And I remember I probably wasn't as well as I really should have been standing up and talking at that stage. But it was seeing those other people doing something really positive with a negative in Northern Ireland. And another group called Support Together, who was it again, another mother who'd gone through something. Her sister had supported her through her journey and they'd set up an organisation and they're still going too. So I was connecting in with those people and I just, I did, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I found a good bit of strength from other people and seeing where they were going with it. Um, and I just thought I might as well give it a bash. You know. I don't think that's cheesy at all. I mean, I think that's the, that's the secret that I think a lot of people kind of miss that, you know, when something negative happens, it doesn't have to be, that's not you stuck in that negative situation forever. You can you can move on from it, but it's hard, but you can. And I think it's important for other people to see, as you say, you saw Lindsay moving on and then now you're showing other people how to move on whenever, yeah. you know, you had, you had something very difficult to... To deal with um do you think if you hadn't had that negative experience that this would have happened no I think I probably would have changed my career in some way because I know social work wasn't for me forever like I knew it almost within the first year of training um but I always say even like we host gatherings monthly of other women who've um had a trauma or had perinatal and they're in the thick of it now you know and I always say if I had to go back and do all the negatives and the experience that I had, I would do it all over again to be here um, because I'm a completely different person. Um, I still have traits that I had before and I'm still a bit mad in the head in terms of like, um, I'm a bit of like a talker. I just, I like the crack and sometimes they deliver things in a way that um, isn't necessarily fluffy. You know, when you might go to other courses and things and you'll, like I teach antenatals and you'll hear things that are very within the red tape. And I think that's why, uh, social work wasn't for me because I wanted to step outside the box. Um, but so, yeah, I definitely knew I was going to do something different, but I would do it all over again to get me where I am now because I don't think this ever would have happened if I hadn't had Rory and the experience around having him. 
what would you say to anybody else who is maybe where you were then, whether it's to do with um, a birth trauma or whether it's to do with, with so, any other kind of trauma, yeah. where they're sort of in that sort of brain fog state of feeling like that's the way it's always going to be? Um, I suppose I can relate to this a wee bit now because I'm expecting my second child at the minute and it it triggers things from your first experience. Um, and so I'm around, what, just over 16 weeks now and for the first wee while I went back down. Um, but I suppose I'm in a, in a in a better position now that I can see what's going on. Back then, actually, people do describe it as a black fog because you can't see what's around you. My only thing would be to reassure them that at some point it does lift, but it can be very hard when you're in there. Um, to communicate would be the first because for a while it will be hard to communicate with other people because you don't see what's happening within yourself because you are surrounded by that darkness all the time. But try to talk to somebody, whether it's a friend or it might be somebody you're close to in family. But sometimes it's really lovely to meet somebody who's not within that context, who's completely objective, whether that's a professional like a counsellor or for me, it was people I met in the likes of those um, like gatherings of women that I actually hadn't known from Adam. And they were just coming with a clean slate um, and mirroring some of the things that I was feeling, you know, so... I think finding other people who are going through similar, whether that's on an online forum or face to face can be really beneficial and really non-judgmental. So when you're in the thick of it, I think just to know that it does get better and to start looking out for those supports, even if you're sitting at home and not feeling like you can leave the four walls, because that's the way you do feel. Use online platforms, use social media. It can be negative social media, but there are pockets of golden nuggets in there that you can find. There's lots of organisations in the UK, less so in Northern Ireland, unfortunately, but there's still people who you can get in touch with, whether it's online phone and when you're feeling more confident, try to get out there and meet other people who are in the same boat as you because there's nothing quite like speaking to somebody who's A, feeling the same or has been there, done that and bought the T-shirt and they can tell you that it does get better. Now, it doesn't ever leave you. That's the thing. And I wouldn't, I would never tell somebody that it does, but it becomes part of your makeup in the same way that you have a left arm and a right arm. And it's something that you grow to actually feel very proud of rather than ashamed of. So yes, it gets much better just when you're ready. Reach out to somebody, whether it's online, phone or in person. It's, pos it's possible to change your state, you know, that your state will change, but also that then you can use it to grow. Absolutely. It's post-traumatic growth. Yeah, and you might be a different version of yourself, like, but I have found that I wouldn't want to go back to the person I was before. She was great crack too. Um, but yeah, all the experiences that I've had to date, I wouldn't change them for the world. Because yeah, now you're out there making changes for, for other women. Um, tell us then about all the, the, the different things. I know you were telling me on the phone, there's lots of different things that happen now in your space for gathering as you call yeah. it, there's different workshops with, with drums and meditation. And yeah, so those. I suppose um, having Rory, you move out of that space of being um, a mommy with a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and you start getting a wee bit of your own independence and free time back when he goes to school. And, you know, part of my recovery was doing things like yoga and attending 
gatherings with other women um, and there weren't women who um, had babies and lots of my friends don't have babies and um, I'm thinking of one in particular right now who it's very clear that, you know, she doesn't want a family. And I'm like, well, that's great. You know, she and I love that she's like not apologetic for it. And so I started to see that there was a need for something that wasn't pregnancy, mother, baby orientated in our space. Not only because you move on from being a mum if you are one, but also because that's not for everybody. So and I have a big thing about people feeling ostracised. So people were coming in and asking us for different services um, and it streamed right through up to, up to menopause and there was women coming who were retired and other women who had their kids and had now grandkids and the house was empty and they wanted to come for some type of gathering. So now like we do drum circles where we'll take people in and we'll um, we'll do a gathering day. We'll call them some of them gather and rest where you take people in together. They'll do some yoga. We'll do some drumming, which sounds a bit like, again, hug a tree <laughs> um, activities. But the crack's powerful. The laughs, uh, the crack's just 90. We could have a group where we have women who are 17. I think the oldest was in her late 80s. So in a drum circle, you get up and you move around. And this lady couldn't move around. So, But she had the crack sitting there and her two daughters were in their 20s and 30s beside her. So we have that, but we also have an event space. Um, so like in the next couple of months, we're having a comedy evening. We have bands coming in. We have a coffee house. We have a small uh, retail area as well, which hosts local makers. So we're supporting other businesses and some of them are social enterprises as well. Um, and we also have then therapy rooms. So we have two therapy rooms, which have complementary therapies as well as counselling therapies. So on the outside, it looks like any other retail spot. Um, and it's pretty funky looking, you know, it's got the hanging low bulbs, all that type of stuff. So National Lottery were able to help us with the design and all that. Um, and the funding for that so it was really good because we would never have had that opportunity so we have lots of men coming in now they're big coffee lovers that come in they're having the crack in the coffee house we get to know all the new customers and it's a completely different demographic so we have anything from like a baby massage class um, coming in of a Thursday morning or Friday morning right up to our support gatherings for women who have lost and men who have lost children as well right through to drumming circles for women who have retired and then we have mainly it's it is mainly women coming in but then we have the demographic of men coming in from their late teens and they're studying you know in the coffee house or the girls are studying for their a levels or whatnot and having a nice coffee right through to the older men in their 70s and 80s who are actually holding business meetings in the coffee house as well <laughs> it's so bizarre but it's class at the same time because when we were in our other space it was very much the demographic of women who was uh, parent. And now we always wanted to broaden that. And now the new space on a main street and being able to host events has been brilliant. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did an event for social enterprise um, and with volunteer now and all these social enterprises came together and there was different performances and there's a gay rapping from Newry. There's another girl doing her poetry. Um, volunteer now did a talk on how to keep yourself well if you're a social enterprise um, or a volunteer. So all those different things, just networking is brilliant because we didn't have the space to do it before. It was so small. Um, so, yeah, there's there's lots coming. We're sort of only, I think we're only at the tip of the iceberg because we're only open about six months. It really says a lot about how welcoming it is that you're that all of those people are just flocking and feel comfortable to, to put their foot through the door. Yeah, it is nice that there's such a different range of people. And like 
there was one day we were standing and myself and uh, um, Michelle who works with us, we were just standing at the coffee yacht and there's uh, several tables anyway and all these people were individually sitting and didn't know each other and but they all started having the crack with each other. <laughs> so like it was so weird like they just all started talking to each other across the tables <laughs> and then another morning like we have a group of mums here but there's about there's probably about 10 of them to met on like an antenatal course they didn't know each other for adam but now three years later they're all still in touch and they all meet in the coffee house and they sit there and have the crack and they've gone on some of them to have more kids some of them are back at work but there seems to be that community you know that's like it was always there, but you couldn't see it as much. And now we're seeing it really, really grow. And because it's become an event space, I think we're going to see that even more, you know. How um, important is that to you to see all that? How does it make you feel? It's really important to me because then I had Rory, I suppose, even though it's even though right now our focus isn't always on the perinatal and the birth trauma and loss. When I had Rory, I felt very isolated socially. And there was a real disconnect with other parents who... We're going through a really positive experience. And I felt resentful of those parents at the time. Whereas now I can take stock and look back and understand why I felt resentful. But now we see people come at large base and using it as a real connection hub. That's why it's important to me. So people are coming in who literally don't know one another. And by the time they're leaving, whether that's weeks or months, they've got this support network. And it may be mental health orientated, it may be pregnancy orientated, or it actually just may be that they're coming in and meeting their mates for a coffee once a month, you know. So it's just a real social hub. There's a real nice vibe to it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very relaxed. I suppose one of the things that I always wanted, sometimes when you're a charitable organisation and there is that red tape, sort of like my social work job, I didn't have that flexibility to make may work funky or um, accessible to different groups of people. Where, personality. Yeah. Whereas as a social enterprise, like we have the choice to design the place the way we wanted it, to make the counselling space look really colourful, not clinical, to make the yoga space flip into an event space, uh, to make yoga accessible to all body shapes and not just to be somebody who happens to be a Wendy Bending, you know, because I'm a yoga teacher and I, I'm not. There's lots of poses I can't get into. We use props. We encourage differences in bodies and differences in the way we all think, you know. So connections are really, really big thing. And being able to use the space to get people to create that support network is just amazing. But to see it actually happening, um, I genuinely don't know if I ever believed that it would we would visibly see it happening. But seeing the women all coming in and just they're taking the bull by the horns and they're they're arriving and here they are and I'm not leading that you know anymore this is all organically happening by itself it's just class speaking of connections then the last thing I wanted to ask you about was who would you like to connect with as a result of this is it people who want to attend the classes or are there businesses that you can work with or what um well like it would be wonderful if people uh, listening could come and see what we do as a social enterprise and understand it a little more because there is a, a confusion between charitable um, and social enterprise. I think there's a bit of a grey area there. But so if people are listening, that that's the first thing. I would love them to understand a wee bit more about the way a social enterprise operates and specifically like our paid forward model. And if you create and generate profit uh, by hosting a series of yoga classes, for example, that pays it forward to somebody else in our community. We provide that 
by giving them fully funded or partially funded counselling, for example. And that's not funded by any body in the UK or like it's not national lottery funded. It's not community NA funded. So for an understanding of that would be perfect. But also to get people in using the space, whether that's private businesses, community groups, other social enterprises, so that they're coming in and connecting, but seeing the space itself and what it's for. Because um, it's a really old building in Newry. It was the old post office. It was left derelict for years and years. And the amount of people coming in now going, I used to work here. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing? This used to be the desk. So to get the space actually used as a hub for events would be fantastic. So would love to be able to connect with other businesses. Um, even the chamber, I think Newry Chamber are looking at it as well. Um, Newry Fla are looking at it, but even from further afield. But I think the the main thing for me is that it's always the people on the ground really who walk past your shop five or ten times before they have the confidence to walk through the door. If I'm speaking to somebody, they'd probably be the most important in that. I hope by me talking, I'm maybe giving them a feel that it's a really safe space. It's very chill. Some people come in and have a coffee five times and then they'll tell you why they're in on their sixth. You know, they'll tell you they might want to come to the gathering or that they've had a loss. Or um, If I'm speaking to anybody, it's probably to them that I hope that they would come in and feel welcome and really just that, yeah, they're very welcome to call in at any time and ask about any of the services. And there never to be any shame or embarrassment, particularly around the financial stuff, because I've been there, done that and bought the T-shirt where I didn't have the money. Um, and I couldn't access those services and I never want another person to feel that. Where can people find you then, um, apart from the old post office building in Newry, uh-huh. if they're looking online? Um, yeah, so we're on Instagram at Centred Soul. Um, if you look up Centred Soul on Facebook, you can find us there and the website is centredsoul.co.uk.